Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. People around me, I, I could see stop believing in me. And then my LA manager fired me because I was pregnant. And then I was working in the shoe shop and we had like 200 bucks to our name. <laughs> and then three months later, I got a call to audition for Alien and then I got it. That is Australian actor Tess Halbrick. And this is episode 224 of the Osher Ginsberg podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new, hi, I'm Osher Ginsberg. I once worked on Channel V, then I worked for Australian Idol, then I worked on The Bachelor Australia and all its wonderful permutations and combinations. And for the last four years, I've made this podcast every week in an effort to bring authentic conversations to your ears and hopefully have us all learn something or think about things a little differently. That's pretty much it. I hope you enjoy it. I enjoy it. Thousands of people enjoy it. And I hope you're one of them. This week's show is with Tess Halbrick. You can find her on Instagram at T-E-S-S-H-A-U-B-R-I-C-H. Tess Halbrick. More about Tess in a moment. A big thanks to everybody that sent me a photo of where they're listening. That's always the best. Shoot me a pic, a podsy. It's not a selfie. It's a podsy. It's a picture of what you're doing. What, what are you looking at? When you're listening to this show, send us your email at gmail.com or tag me online. A big, special, super hello and thanks to Sharon, who sent me a pic. Sharon's going through chemo at the moment, which sucks. Um, everybody listening knows someone that's been through chemo, Sharon. It's no bloody joke. So, Sharon, just know that when you're listening, you're not alone. We're all here. We're all involved in the same conversation that you're listening to. And hopefully, that feeling can help you get through the various, will get you, or maybe even just help you disengage a little bit from the various infusions and pokes and prods and other associated nastiness that chemo brings. Sharon, I hope uh, hope it passes over quickly and that you're, you're back on deck. Quick sticks. The first batch of surprises went out this week. If you'd like a little surprise in your mailbox, the surprise isn't a bill. Go to osha.is slash sending me mail. I've got a new URL this week. I grabbed osha.is. So osha.is slash sending me mail. Like Osha is sending me mail, but with dots and slashes. Um, 
And then look out amongst the bills and direct marketing and strange letters from people running for office in your area who write things like, Hi, my name's Matthew McFitzpatrickton and my family's First Fleet Roots have called Buttery Bar home since the 1800s. That's why I like to represent you in the upcoming election so I can fight for what's right and true blue fair dinkum Aussies like you and me. My kids, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all go to the same local school and my wife Mary and I will probably see you at the Sprint Car Track this weekend where we'll have a table that you can come to sit at and talk to us about the issues that are affecting us and this community. Those letters, they're weird. But hopefully, my letter will be in there too. Send, no, osha.is slash sending me mail. That's it. I went and got the biggest roll of stamps the other day. I need some stamps at the post office. How many do you need? As many as you can give me. She had to go at the back and get this big fuck off box. So yeah, we've got this massive box of stamps. Here it is. Let me shake it. That's me shaking a big box of stamps. Um... So I sit here and I, I'm sorry when you get it, you'll look at it and go, how did the post person, the postman, the post lady read that? Because I, I, I have terrible handwriting. So when I write your address out, I'm sorry. I hope you can read what what's inside. <laughs> Osha.is slash sending me mail if you'd like a little surprise. Uh, to check in with you, to check in. It's important to check in. I like to check in with you. I hope you can check in with someone else. It's important. These are the conversations we need to be having. I check in with my wife. I check in with my shrink. I check in with my brothers. You've got to check in. To check in, it's been a good week here at the ranch. We're only a few weeks off of kicking right back into work, so I'm trying to get all the things done that need to get done before I'm up to my neck in roses. So uh, exercise continues to be a bloody great way to help my head as I learn to live life off meds. It's been about three months now. Um, It makes the hard days easier and it makes the good days better. And on top of that, in conjunction, I'm, I'm really getting into the nitty-gritty with my psychologist. Uh, we have ramped things up, her and I, really digging deep, trying to figure out, I guess, you know, what it is, it's like figuring out old patterns that pop up in times of tension. It's really, it really is fascinating that under stress or under confusion, your brain can default to the last thing you did when faced with a similar, similar situation, regardless of how it turned out last time. Um, I had it explained to me once, I've, in my life, I have learned to both surf and snowboard, and I found that I know it's not just me because I've had instructors tell me this. Um, as you get into sticky situations on a wave or on a mountain, you, your body you kind of freeze up and and your body replicates the first position you stood in when you first ever stood up. Just kind of full of tension and bereft of anything or everything that's been learned about relaxing and bending the knees and smiling and hey, look, there's a seagull. Ah, oh, look, there's some snow. Now. You may have come a long way since your first day, but when your brain senses danger, it kind of goes into panic mode and then everything just falls apart because your balance is suddenly off. You can't move because your knees are straight. You're freaking out and you generally fall over pretty quickly. Not so bad if you're on a surfboard, not so great if you're on the snow, especially Australian snow. It hurts a lot, but I've noticed that I'm doing that as I get into a tense situation which happens because I'm a human who lives closely with other humans and we all have different ideas about how things can or should be done. Some of them are right, some of them aren't right for everyone. I'm often the one bringing up things that aren't right for everyone. Um, that's perfectly normal. Sometimes I can get overwhelmed and next thing you know, boom, I'm like frightened, angry 11-year-old me instead of calm 43-year-old me. And that's not fair on anybody, let alone the people I'm suddenly confusing but me and my shrink, we're working on it. That's important. You've got to get into that. You've got to get stuck into it. Because life's too short to have how you live dictated by a scared child version of you, isn't it? It really is. Come on. It's not 1986. This week, um, I wasn't there three weeks now. I've been trying to do an hour off my phone in the morning. Um, it's all part of the, you know, trying to create a new habit around my life now that I don't have the meds filling in the blanks. Um, and I was spending an hour off my phone in the morning. I set my alarm a little bit earlier so I can do that. But it's, almost, yeah, it's almost been about three weeks now. And I spend the time normally, I, I just spend the time writing. Not long, 15, 20 minutes. But it's been really, really helpful. Things come out in the writing that I otherwise haven't been able to access, probably because I'm half awake and not quite caffeinated. But it's worth getting up a little bit early to do it. I only write for about 15, 20 minutes by hand with a pencil on a piece of paper. Um, but so I only write for about 15, 20 minutes, but the first hour of my days is without a phone, without a laptop. And you know what? I'm not missing a damn thing. The world goes on without me. The news feeds all keep replenishing with their news aggregated, you know, highest hit rate placement. 
you know, programmatic <laughs> programming. It all keeps going on, whether I look at it or not. And I don't miss a damn thing. The abundance or the lack of likes, the news articles, the emails, they'll all still be there when I pick my phone up in an hour. But when I do, here's the crazy part. Well, it's not crazy. Got to be careful about using that word. Here's the interesting part. When I do pick my phone up, all those things, the lots of likes, the no likes, the emails, the news feeds, whatever, when I do pick my phone up, they mean less, which is nice. I find sometimes that I place a lot of value on these things, which are, for the most part, meaningless, but in, including I place a lot of value on, on replying to emails almost as soon as they're in my inbox. But I found that through the day that I'm, I'm doing things like that, like replying to emails and stuff in chunks rather than having it as like an always-on pressure. The moment my phone pings, I have to do something. And all that's come from just staying off my phone for the first part of the day. Everything seems a little less frantic, which is good because the franticality of things was starting to get hard to bear. Um, and I do have to thank someone who is, is uh, obtusely related uh, in a work way to uh, Tess Halbrick. Charlie Clawson told me about staying off his phone for an hour in the morning. And I do have to thank him for that because it's bloody good. Just before we do get into the conversation uh, with Tess, I do want to thank everybody that told someone new about the podcast this week. It might have been a tweet. It might have been a Facebook post. It might have just been you saying, hey, check this show out. Sandra Sully, the lady from the telly. She's great. Listen to this. It makes a world of difference when you subscribe to this show and also when you tell someone else to subscribe to this show because the more the download numbers, the better shows I can pitch to publicists and things, the better guests I can get on the show, the better shows your friends tell you that, hey, I love that podcast you turned me on to. It's really good. It's a circle of life. It's like The Lion King, just without everybody getting eaten. Yeah. So please, uh, if you could do me that favor, that'd be great. And if you did do it, thank you. Right. So let me tell you about my guest today. Tess Halbrick is an Australian actor, and you can find her on Instagram at Tess Halbrick, T-E-S-S-H-A-U-B-R-I-C-H, T-E-S-S-H-A-U-B-R-I-C-H. She's currently starring in Wolf Creek Season 2, which is available on demand on Stan in Australia. She's also in the incredible Ridley Scott film Alien Covenant. I didn't fanboy about that much. <laughs> And she's also kicking ass and taking names in the Jackie Chan movie, Bleeding Steel. She's an absolute badass and proved this by showing up at our apartment with her two-year-old when the sitter didn't eventuate. So throughout this show, while we're talking about serious stuff, you'll hear the occasional interruptions of Tessa's kid, who was an absolute delight to have around. And you'll probably hear a few sounds of, you know, lovely parenting that occur as she effortlessly kept her child occupied while she and I talked. It would have been easy. It would have been so easy for Tess to cancel a chat, but she didn't. She came around. We had a great conversation, and I can't thank her enough for that. It really speaks volumes to the kind of person that she is, and I cannot wait for you to get to know her. Here's Tess Halbrick. Hi, Tess. Hello. Hi. What, how, do I, how do I pronounce your last name? How do you... Oh, um, <laughs> I don't even know. I say Halbrick. It's German, so I think they would say Horbrich or something like that, but I say Halbrick. Same. My name's Ginsburg, but my German cousin's like, no, why do you say your name wrong? It's Günzburg. Exactly. <laughs> Hard to get an Australian to say that. I know, and I, don't, I never wanted to say whore in my name when I was a kid. That's, that's fair. <laughs> so that's why I always changed it to Halbrick. Did you get that when it was roll call time? No, people just always didn't know how to pronounce it, I okay. suppose. Yeah, it actually wasn't a big deal. I got, like, testicles all the time. That's <laughs> what they'd call me. So it didn't even matter about oh, my last oh, name. Oh, from Tess. All yeah, right. yeah. Now, we should explain that in the background. Um, <laughs> yes. There may be some mild copyright infringement going on with uh, the audio portion of Peppa Pig uh, coming from our couch because we have a special guest today, don't we? We do. I couldn't find a babysitter today, so I had to bring my two-year-old. So that is exciting. So exciting. And because I've been um, away quite a bit um, working, yeah, I'm kind of full-time at the moment since Friday. Full-time mum. That must be nice. Yeah, it is good. It's really good. <laughs> so, wow. that's you, you had a chance, though, with – you do have family in Sydney to help you 
with to be around the kid, right? I do, but they've like done so much of it mm. that um, yeah. I can't just keep asking every no, day. No, no, I didn't mean to ask that. I'm not saying you should have brought your child today. You shouldn't have brought your No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying um, you know, how fortunate it is to have oh. to have family around. Yeah, I'm so lucky. So we live on the northern beaches because of that reason. Mainly, my parents live there. So yeah, yeah they help out a lot, which is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it's, yeah. it's really nice. Yeah. Um, I you know it's, it's I see Audrey's family's most definitely the same. Mm. We just had um, Audrey's grandma's hundredth birthday last night, and Amazing. just the amount oh, extraordinary. There was a photo of the oldest and youngest Griffin. Audrey's last name is Griffin, mm. and so she's one hundred yesterday. And the newest one, I think, is Honey Holds Eden. Three months. Oh my god! So you got them together. Yeah, we photo. Had and just thinking about the world that she was born into. I know. And how different that is to the world that he's been born into. Well, even people that age, what they've seen, like how the world's changed. Like our kids, I don't think will see as much of a change because, they, or, or who knows, who knows. But like, yeah, the grandparents just. <laughs> it was a different era. The front Completely page. The, they got the front page of the Fiji Times. Um, of that she was born in Fiji, yeah, mm. of you know the day that she was born, and there were stories about World War One, and there were stories about Canada, mm. you know, doing conscription. And it was all very frightening, yeah, and gloomy, and you know, if you, you know, if you know about First World War history, it was a pretty dark time of um, Western civilization, and then, and then, she, you know, no electricity, no radio communication, no nothing. Women couldn't vote until she was ten. I know. You know, yeah. refrigeration, then, you know, people are going to nuclear power, then space, and then, you know. I know, and we have heinous stuff um, happening now, obviously, but, yeah, it's just not I, – I think the change that our grandparents have or parents have, like, really seen compared yeah. to what our kids – or who knows, the world might end <laughs> or, for them. Or there may be just this extraordinary leap forward – yeah, I you know, hope so. Well, it took us two goes to figure out maybe wiping each other out isn't the way to get I know, things done. I know. And that was only 70 years ago. Look, so. who knows? I think we just need to all hope for the best. That's all we can and do, And make Tess. better choices in our own lives, right? That is all that we can do. Yeah. That is yeah. absolutely all all that we can do. Yeah. Uh, so, but growing up on the northern beaches for folks who, did you grow up there? I did. Right. I did. That's why I need to get out because <laughs> I feel like uh, I, I got out for years, but then when I had Junie, we went back there obviously because yeah. of the health and working. It was just too much to do it yeah. by ourselves. But, yeah, now, like, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's quite isolated. Like, all my friends are in the city. Yeah. yeah. It's not that bad, but <laughs> well, <laughs> making it sound like They don't call it the insular peninsula for I know, nothing. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 anyway, we'll move to Marrickville next year or something. All right. So, but growing up, yeah. um, we, we were just talking before we started rolling, we were just talking about you were asking about kids and that, you know, yeah. Georgia, my stepdaughter, is is is, is very tall. Mm. Uh, and you, you're, you're taller than me, you're taller than Audrey. Taller uh, than everyone. You're taller than everyone. How old were you when you were this tall? How old was I when I was this tall? I don't remember, but probably 15. Wow. I think. I think. I think that's probably when I stopped growing. What was it like being 15 and towering over everyone? I, it was never really a problem for me. I don't know. I think my parents instilled quite a lot of confidence in me, maybe too much. But, um, yeah, it was never a problem. Like, I've always felt fine about it, I think. Unless, like, when I was pregnant, I was huge. <laughs> so then I just feel like a big monster because I'm so tall and if you're really big and tall... It's just not the best combination. What did that what did that instilling of confidence from your parents look like? Oh uh, my um just always like like basically they just always want me to be happy and they never said no to like me wanting to pursue acting or anything like that and mum was just always really supportive. They never pushed me into anything, but they encouraged me with everything I did. Like they weren't stage parents or anything, but they just were always proud, really. I mean, obviously not when I did the wrong thing, but... Their parents, <laughs> yeah, it's their job. But they, yeah, but they've always forgiven me. <laughs> How early in your life was the, oh, I want to I do this acting thing? How early Since did that I show can up? remember. 
Yeah. I think when I was five, I wrote on a chair, when I grew up, I want to be an actress. And that's all I've actually ever wanted to do. How did you know what an actress was? Um, what my, I must, I don't know. I don't know. I used to dance to Michael Jackson video clips. So maybe that, maybe that, I don't know, inspired something. Yeah. I don't know. I just, um, it's all I ever wanted to do. Right. It's quite, yeah. And what were the first experiences of it like? Well, it was all basically theatre. Like how I fell in love with it was just doing musicals and theatre at school. Like it wasn't really films, to be honest. It was just the feeling of being on stage and the audience. And it's it's kind of like a drug because it's so immediate. And um, not that I've done drugs, but um, it's quite... Um, well, I have and I yeah. agree with you. <laughs> so don't worry. Yeah. I've done some field research. Yeah, some great. Yeah, yeah. For, from uh, Google, I can see that it's like drugs. <laughs> Um, what, was, what was so? What, what was the feeling? It's just that- like adrenaline, you know, and it's like um, just actually. Well, it, you know, it can go well or not, and I think that's the great thing about theatre is that like you can always get another chance. And same with film, in a respect that on the day you can keep doing it over and over again. But once it's done, it's done. But with theatre, anyway, that's how I fell in love with acting was theatre. Yeah, yeah. And high school, were you yeah. doing the hits at high school? <laughs> I was. Yeah. I sung Britney Spears, Hit Me One More Time, and I got bullied really badly for it. I think it was a terrible performance. It, it was terrible, but I got I got really bullied for it. But I kept going. I was in, like, all the musicals and Rocker Sedfords and in the bands and all that kind Singing of Singing in the bands or playing? I played saxophone and piano till, till I was – well, I still play – Sacks a bit, but yeah, played it a lot until you're still, year twelve. You're still on the single read. You're still. I'm still a saxophonist. Yes, I am actually. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. There was a there was a time there when the saxophonist was more exciting than the lead guitar player. It's not the time. It still is the time. Yeah, we still are pretty. Tess, I don't know a how rare to break. Breed. We're a long way. We're a long way from the muscly bloke playing simply oh, no. the best sax solo. Okay. <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News is sax well, solos aren't what they used to be. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it back. Really? Yeah. A lot of 80s and 90s sax Lots solos. Lots of sax, yeah. yeah. Not just Baker Street. The thing is, though, I didn't, as well, this is the thing, I didn't play any of those hits. Like, I did classical, like, saxophone and jazz. So we did, like, AMEB, which is the, yeah. yeah. Australian um, Music Educators Board? Yes. I'm making that up. But something like that. So yeah. you do exams, basically, and it was all classical mm. and jazz. So, yeah, I didn't do any of the, like, Don't, don't worry. When you're playing saxophone <laughs> on those big band charts yes. as, as the sax player, yeah. you're basically... Do you play sax? No, oh, I, no. I was the bass player. Okay. But we were next to the saxophonists and, and say, you're playing the... Uh, theme from the Raiders of the Lost Star. Mm. You're going. That's brass. That's more brass. Not the saxes I'm not next to. And it also depends what you're playing. So if you're playing soprano, alto, tenor, Barry, like Barry's pretty bop, bop, bop. That's it. Bop. Yeah. Yeah. And what were you? I was alto. Alto? I actually played all of them apart from tenor, which is the coolest one, but I never played tenor. But alto, if you're like alto number one, <laughs> then you actually get to play a lot of melody and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, it's not, it's not, but Barry's pretty like, yeah. Yeah. Barry's and saxophones are like, you, that, you need a van. Well, it's like muscle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had scoliosis <laughs> as well from the sax. Bit. Well, probably not from the sax. It was just probably made worse by it. But yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> but that does bring you know that does bring uh, certainly like that level of, of piano and saxophone. That does mm. bring a level of discipline to pass those exams. You have to kind of dedicate yourself well, to I practice just, a bit. Yeah, I never questioned it. Like that was just my life until I left school and then was like, oh wait a minute, <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just played like I practiced for an hour five days a week. From when I was seven to when I was 18, that was just my life. Like it wasn't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know why I didn't rebel, but I sure rebelled after <laughs> I left school <laughs> and it hasn't stopped. <laughs> but the one hour, five days a week, surely that showed you that, um, you know, definite pressure in a particular direction and pushing through Oh, I can't get this right. I can't get this right. Oh, I've got it now. I just have to keep going. Surely that no, shows yeah, you. No, yeah, I'm definitely a perfectionist and I definitely have a lot of drive. That's, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And, and the experience of seeing the reward for effort. Yeah, if you, as long as you just 
stick. I mean, it's like I say to a lot of my friends who are actors, you just need to stick with it. Like it doesn't, some people it happens to overnight, but even then, if it happens to you overnight and you get a job and it's amazing, there is going to be a period where you're not going to have work and you just have to, if you really love it, stick with it. And I Mm. think that's, if, if, if people don't just love acting and they're just in it for the fame or whatever, I don't think they stick with it or they go down a bad, bad path. Mm. Because if, well, if you look at it, as you mentioned before, if you look at it like a drug, and I can only speak of this from personal experience. Oh, yes, from experience, Google. From, no, from personal experience of yeah. like everything only ever felt okay when I was on camera. Everything ever only really felt okay. And oh, finally, I come here. Yeah. Made it. When people were telling you how amazing you were. Well, well, no, <laughs> no, 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 that. I'm like, uh, three, two, one, go. And, and you're live around the country yeah. to, you know, 10 million people. And yeah. Suddenly it's like, Full oh, on. finally we're here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Finally, everything was quiet for that 30 seconds. Yeah. And then throw to the thing and then you're off and then you're running around and then, then all the anxiety comes back. So for me, it was like chasing those little tiny gaps of time. I know. Was, that was it. Well, yeah, there's nothing really like it. No, there isn't. But unfortunately, I had put all my chips in on my happiness being dependent on those tiny gaps of time. Yes. And then you have everything you want and then you're unhappy and you don't realise why. Yeah. And then when it goes away, as, of ha- as happens, you know, I, I chose a job that is uh, you know, seasonal in nature. It yes, fluctuates and ups course, and downs. Of course. And then when, you know, when you find yourself out of work and unemployed, you're like, oh. <laughs> I know, but I think that's why exactly because I've been there too and I think you just have to have other things and other interests. Otherwise, you really do go crazy. It's... Yeah, you you just have to be a whole person, not just striving after um, your career because I think it's it's not healthy. How early did you learn that you've chosen a job that involves hearing the word no more than you hear the word yes? Oh, look, I always knew it was going to be hard and I wasn't... (sighs) When did I realise that? I think I've just accepted it. Like I, I never thought I was gonna. Um, I don't know what I thought to be honest. Yeah. I, d- I didn't really have a like. Obviously, I'm. I want to be successful, but I. No, I just kind of have gone along for the ride. I don't. Um. But yeah, there's <laughs> there's been a lot of no's. Yeah. Use of it. <laughs> How do you deal with the no's? I just deal with it. I don't. I don't really. It, it must have had an effect on me. Maybe my nearest and dearest think. Maybe it's had a huge effect on me. I'm not sure. How do I deal with it? I just deal with it. I don't know. I Sometimes I um, need to escape and I go and escape in whatever way and other times I just get on with it. I kind of feel as well now if people don't want me for a role, then I don't really give a shit anymore. I've just stopped trying to care as much and be as attached to it. Oh, I sound like such a wanker, but no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying not to give other people so much power anymore because I feel like when I was younger, I always gave other people so much power and also, and, but it's also my life and my career and it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Because not everyone listening to this is an actor or an actress. Not everyone listening no. to this is, is in a you know in a creative field. But no, everyone is in a situation, whether it be their boss or their partner or someone. Everyone can probably relate to giving another person power and then ha- giving them the reins to your happiness. Well, yeah, I used to always think that this job was like oh, it's so much uncertainty and like um, you know it's so hard. And then I saw my brother, who's not an actor, who's you know he went to uni and did these degrees, and then he couldn't get a job. And he had all this uncertainty as well and is going through the same thing. So, yeah, I think all of us are in your 20s just and every decade just struggling to kind of <laughs> get somewhere. <laughs> was there a lot of uh, – Was there, did, did you – after high school, did you pursue this as a studying thing? Is that what you went yeah, in for? Yeah, so when I um, finished high school, I kind of – I say fell into modelling in that I um, – I pretty much finished my HSC and then I was at David Jones at Ringham Hall with my mum and I just finished my drama exam and I'd finished and then we went to David Jones and there were all these girls walking in in little short skirts and heels and whatnot and I was in my school uniform and then um, um, a guy came up and said, do you want to, um, are you here for Australia's Next Top Model? And then I said, no, I'm not. And then... Um, 
basically I got in to the show, but I said no because I thought if I were ever going to be an actor, I don't think I'd ever be taken actually seriously. Like I've had to work quite hard to get rid of the fact that I even was a model. So I did that and then... And then so I modelled for a couple of years. How did you get into that? How did the modelling, did you go, oh, hang on, this might be a way to go? Or what did you chase down? No, basically just kind of, so I turned down Australia's Next Top Model, but then I got, um, I went to Priscilla's agency um, anyway. And then then I got um, scouted by IMG at Australian Fashion Week. And then I got flown to Paris and I did Fashion Week there and did it in Europe and stuff like that. And then I did that for about three years, lost my way a bit, lost yeah. who I was. What did that look like? <laughs> I don't want to say. Okay. Would it be, okay, Tess, would it be, okay. I've the, had, I've think had, of the cliche model. Yeah. And that was me. Like okay. it was like a girl that had strong roots, you know, as in like I'd grown up in a really strong, with a strong foundation and, you know, A grades at school, scholarships to a private school, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I modelled and, yeah, I kind of lost my way a bit. But I always wanted to act still. Mm. And I was with RGM when I was 18, which was, a for those of you who aren't actors, an agency here in Sydney. Um, and then, but I wasn't really getting any roles that were substantial at all. And I always wanted to, um, you know, if Shakespeare came up or Chekhov or, mm. like, yeah, I wanted to be able to do it. So then I went, fuck you, modelling. And I auditioned for the Actors Centre and I put on 10 kilos and I never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what probably was the, more like 15 kilos, but I went to Actors Centre for three years and then after, yeah. yeah. What was the, what did the last few weeks of, you know, because I've, I've just quit a job, I've just quit a radio job. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm interested to know, like, what was the moment where you're like, oh man, this isn't, like, I, I know women that have done what you've done, yeah. um, close friends with women who've done what you've mm. done and in the words of one of them, you know, you're making heart surgeon money and running around on the on the backs of mopeds with Bavarian princes, yeah. you know, everything seems freaking amazing. It's not though. You're not, you, your soul isn't happy. Right. It's like, um, I don't think anyone can be happy just being, well, no, I, I can't say that. I'm sure there are lots of models that are happy, but I definitely wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't stimulating intellectually enough at all. I only ever wanted to act anyway. So, and I could see myself just being seen as a model. And that was like the thing that I did not want at all. So I just thought I'll just get out of it. And also I just, I I didn't have it in me to keep going to the castings. Like there's only so much weight you can lose, like until you're just not. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What they, like, it's not like any other profession where you can study more or you can, like, everything like that. If you just, it's just you, what you look like. And at the end of the day, it just didn't, um line up with my values were how long the, the uh, women that you started with i know you know when you when you go there they often put you in the big apartment with yeah. everybody else <laughs> yeah were there other women that you started with did they keep going for long after you left did you keep in touch or did you yeah kind of- a lot of them are still most of them actually doing quite well two of them in particular that i lived with in paris are doing really well and um yeah yeah they're all still doing it which i think is amazing i just did not have it in me but that's important for people to hear, though, that here you are, you know, Paris, modelling, Fashion Week, <laughs> the parties, the everything. Yeah. Like, uh, on Instagram, it looks amazing. We didn't have Instagram there. I know. I would have had lots of followers back then. Yeah. <laughs> but 
it's important to realize that in your heart, all that still didn't make you happy. No, not at all. Not at all. Like, not at, no, not one bit. I think, yeah, it's full of anxiety and like people telling you constantly that you're not good enough. And even maybe it was self, it was me, you know, saying I wasn't good enough as well. But like, you have people telling you you're too fat and you're not. You're like tiny. And um, yeah, I just got over it. I got really, really over it. When you went back to like human normal eating, how did it feel? Oh, I felt fantastic. <laughs> I, I put on a lot of weight because I think so. I was with this guy and we were living in Surrey Hills and I was going to Actors Centre. And every day from my walk home, every morning I'd get like a muffin and like a big soy cappuccino. And then I'd get this huge, like, just eat, and then I'd get a magnum, like, every night. And But I think it was really important for me to do that and just to kind of be a 20, how old was I? I was nine, 20 when that happened, to, like, be a normal 20-year-old studying and, like, just be. Yeah. Um, so that was good. That was good. So I took, yeah, those three years out to study and learn my craft and all that kind of but thing. But was it uh, – I'm interested after years of looking at yourself in the mirror on the morning of, an audi- of a casting for a modelling job. Yeah. What was it like being back in front of the mirror and, you know – Well, I didn't really – I didn't really notice to begin with because I was so busy um, at acting school. And so that was kind of consuming me and mm. that was just like going back – I was just so happy. I was so happy. So – I, I didn't really notice. And then it just kind of, you know, then I just, like, it's not like I was huge. No. <laughs> okay. And you're not now. Yeah. You're a wife. No. Yeah. no, no, no. But but um, then I kind of, I think I kind of had in my head, I have, you know, two and a half to three years here in this little church in Surrey Hills to learn acting. You know, not to learn acting, but, you know, to, to be here um, studying. So I'm just kind of kind of relax. And then once I get back into it, I'll, you know, get back into it. Kind yeah. Of thing. So, and, and that's what happened. It was, yeah, it was just a relief. For folks who maybe, you know, would look at a film and just go, oh, you know, that's Nicole Kidman just knows how to do that. Yeah. It, it's, it really is. It's like you wouldn't expect someone who's never learned how to build a staircase in your house to just show up and build a staircase. I've had to go somewhere to learn how to do it and have a master teach this apprentice how to do it. And it's the same for acting. There really is is stuff you have to know to be able to do it. Well, some people just just are. Like some people just have it. Like I don't know about Marlon Brando, but I don't think he he went to – or maybe he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, did he? Yeah. There we are. Okay. Yes. Okay. So everyone goes. Well, not everyone, no. Some people – but there is a point where you can always – take it further and I feel like I just needed to, you know, learn how to do a whole bunch of other things because I had I had the passion for it but I needed to be kind of, I needed, yeah, to learn a technique. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you can actually do it day after day after day after day and not just like do this amazing performance once and then not know how to um, get that again, yeah. get to that place again. Which is important if you're doing theatre, you've got to do it every yeah. night. and film, oh my God, yeah. like take after take, you can't just, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've got yeah. to you got to be able to do yeah. it again and again. Oh, I'm camera busted. It's like wait, wait, that was, I'm crying over here, imagining my dead mother. I know. What do you mean the lights are wrong? What do you mean we've got to do it again? I had. It. I know. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. No, and you've got you've got to be able to do yeah. it twenty times. Yeah, 30, 40, 50 exactly. times. Absolutely. And that you know that that is that is tough. When mm. you were so out of acting school, I mean, how did? I guess, you know, for people who, who might be either might not be acting, it might be something else, but it might be a little while before that's the thing that pays the bills, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what were you doing <laughs> to get money in the door? Oh, so I've done everything. I've worked at a raw chicken shop. I've um, worked at a pub. I've worked at, um, oh God, a shoe shop. <laughs> um, I worked at a Belvoir behind the bar when I was at acting school. Yeah, just pretty normal things. Yeah. So, so, like, yeah, I, like, worked at the chicken shop and then I was, like, modelling and then I went to acting school and then I was, like, scraping cigarette butts off the <laughs> off the floor outside the little Dudley at, like, 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Not to smoke, just to clean Not up Not to smoke, to clean All up right. when I was working. No, yeah, mm. not to smoke. There definitely were some moments where I went from, oh, dear, what have I... Um, what choices have I made? Because, yeah, there's been lots of unemployment and no money. For a long time. Mm. Mm. And what was it that kept you going through those? I just have never doubted. 
just the only thing I've wanted to do. So it's not like definitely people around me I, I could see stop believing in me, like not obviously my agent or my parents, but friends and all that kind of thing. I could see that. And then I um, just I went to L.A. one time and it was a bad experience. And then I came home and then my husband and I just I got pregnant <laughs> And then my LA manager fired me because I was pregnant. And then I was working in the shoe shop. And when Junie was born, we had like 200 bucks to our name. (laughs) And then three months later, I got a call to audition for Alien. And yeah, and then I got it. Holy, okay. (laughs) There was a lot in that breath. I know. Okay. But but basically, I think just, yeah, self-belief maybe, or I don't know. So what was the... I lived in Los Angeles for a long time. I was there for about 10 years. What was the... What was what what was the bad experience? What was bad about it? Oh, it just like nothing really happened. Like I had auditions and all that kind of thing, but like I didn't get anything and um it was just such a scene for me that I noticed and I just like came back feeling quite um Did you go over for pirate season? Is that Yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't pilot season. I went for three months like not in pilot season, but there was still a lot going on there. Mm. Um so yeah, I had lots of like and that that's I think the, the thing that was worse about it was that I did have a lot of auditions and I did have an agent, that kind of thing, or a manager, but I didn't get anything. And I just came home and I just thought, you know what, I just, well, I got pregnant. And then I thought this is actually the best thing for me right now um, because I just could actually have a break, even though I could have definitely had a break before, but I didn't have the guts to just take a step back, I think, and reassess everything. What was the I'm firing you conversation from your manager? She just emailed me and basically said, now that you're pregnant, the physical changes will be too dramatic. <laughs> um, and, yeah, maybe contact me when oh, it was just very obvious. It was very obvious, yeah. That sucks. Well, not really because I wouldn't want someone like that to look after me anyway if they, yeah. So yeah, this is this is really true. I mean, it's quite good now. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's. Uh, I'm really sorry that happened. Don't be. It's no. good. I wouldn't want a person like that who like is that fickle. No, it's a good thing. Don't feel bad. Or I really feel like all those things, or all the kind of bad things that happen. I mean, you have a choice, obviously, to make um, to come out stronger or not. And I really feel like a lot more empowered after all those things happen, especially that things are at the moment, fingers cro- crossed, turning out the way they are. Like, But there's going to be a lull as well and a down period again and all that kind of thing. What's it like? Okay, let's go this. What's it like? <laughs> What's it like two weeks out from the due date when you're looking at your bank balance and it's three figures? To be honest, I was just too, um, ner- too nervous about a 4.5 kilo baby I was about to push out. (laughs) Um, I didn't even think. I I mean, I was 24. Like, I didn't even, I mean, I'm still, like, I just didn't even really, I was just kind of going along for the ride. I, um, it was more after she was born that I looked at the bank balance and realised. But then things just kind of worked out. I also have a very supportive family, so it's not like I ever knew that, you know, I never, I'd never be on the street kind Mm. of thing. So it's not like, yeah. But it's it's still full on. It's not part of the plan. (laughs) Certainly if you hit rewind, it's like, this this isn't the party in Paris. (laughs) No, but the parties in Paris are nothing. Like they're just not even like, it's just fake. It's Mm. also fake. I think. Yeah. Maybe I haven't been to the best amazing ones. No, I've been to I, some I've yeah. been to some pretty big ones and I've done a bit of field research and I found the same thing. Yeah, everyone's just fake. It's the scene though. It's the scene. That's what I know, it is. It's the scene. It's an image based scene. I know. Not of it's sad. Stories told on hundred and twenty fifth of a second. Yeah. That's yeah, it. everyone looking over your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> For someone more For important. For someone to talk more important, to. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it would have been though. It would have been really confronting. I mean, a lot of people who who listen have all you know been in that situation though. It's like you mm. got the baby in your arms. Like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, it was. Um, well, I, I feel like the first month or two after having a baby, it's so full on anyway. Like you're so sleep deprived, and you're just. It's kind of all about the baby that you don't really even have anything else to even think about. But yeah, I think so. It's just all. It's all kind of working out. So. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> what was the phone call about Alien? Oh, it was so exciting. Where were you? <laughs> oh, you mean when I got the phone call to yeah. audition or when I found out? No, when you well, got the phone call to audition. Oh, to audition, well, I, I was just, um, to be honest, I auditioned for a lot of, you know, films and TV, uh-huh. you know, of that kind of caliber, but I'd never gotten anything. So I, I was just happy to be back kind of um, in the audition room and everything like that. I never, ever thought I would get it. Mm. Um to be honest, I kind of just thought I'd just always be auditioning for the rest of my life. I, yeah, because I had been for the like for eight years, mm. um, and then yeah, I just went in. I'd just been breastfeeding Junie in the car, and my husband was my husband was looking after her. And then I just went in and did the audition, and then a month later, I found out I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, that's, a, that's a gig of significance, you know, working on a franchise as massive as that with a director like that. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. But um, I didn't um, – yeah, absolutely. I was thrilled. Yeah. I was really, really thrilled. And Ridley is amazing. He's what is it that makes him him? Oh, man, he's just really lovely, like, and just really encouraging. And he, yeah, was really complimentary and just, like, a wonderful man to work with and get to know. He was, yeah, he's just a, what makes him him? I mean, what makes any people that are amazing, amazing? Well, you know, there's, <laughs> there's people, work. there are directors, Ridley, Ridley Scott's yeah. clearly, you know, very, very good at what he does, mm. and there's directors that get the thing made by yelling at people. There's he doesn't th- yell. Yeah. Well, he, he, he didn't yell to me. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure he has his moments, yeah. but he, he seemed quite calm. Were, when you're dealing with, and that's a, it's a stellar cast mm. of Alien Covenant, mm. when, when you rock up on set, mm. are you like, shit, I've, I've got to bring it. Like now, there's 400 people here. <laughs> no, to be honest, I was so in my baby um, zone that and was struggling so much with lack of sleep that I just was just um, not. Nah, <laughs> I didn't really think about. I, I I feel like if you think about that kind of thing, like all the people waiting and like, oh my god, this is such a huge deal and all that kind of thing, you're not gonna be creative or get a good performance. Like if you're just stressing about that, I just kind of tried to um, silence all that and just focus on my job in the moment. I yeah. I think any noise like that just makes for a not-so-good performance. But that's, uh, from what I understand, of friends who've gone through acting school, yeah. that, that's a lot, of, a lot of what the work is, though. Is, is what? Is, is shutting all that stuff yeah, out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you just have to be in the moment and just be your character and not want, uh, worry about any of the bullshit because there is so much bullshit and um, you can talk yourself out of so many things and think, oh, these people are judging me or this is happening or, oh, my God. Also, like, uh, I didn't ever think this is my big break because I'm not a huge part in the movie, you know, like, and if you think ever that anything's your big break, you never know how the film's going to turn out or how you're going to be in it. So I just I just went to set and did my best and then raced home to my child <laughs> who really needed me. It was... Mm. um. Yeah, but it was an amazing experience, and yeah, I'll never forget it. And but the when you're involved with a, a director of that caliber, with a you know a, a cast, a, a cast yeah, of that caliber, of and a brand of that caliber, yeah, doors that otherwise wouldn't have opened start to open. Yeah, of course. Like I think the industry uh, started seeing me differently and everything like that. Um, but yes, absolutely. But I never want to like. Um, it has, but it's happened like, I don't really know what I'm saying. But, yes, I suppose it does. I yeah. just don't want to say. Like, no, no, no. It's yeah. okay. But it, yeah. it's, it's all right once you've got a bit of momentum about And I, there's one thing I did notice yeah. about living in Los Angeles is that, and it's not as potent here, mm-hmm. but success is such a currency. <laughs> so is the potential of success. The potential of success yeah. is an extraordinary currency. Yes. So you mean on your when you're on your way up? Yeah, kind everybody of wants it. Exactly. Everybody yeah. wants to be the one that got you there. And once you're up there, the only way is down. That's the thing, <laughs> Shit, man. That's the thing. That's what my dad's always said to me. I'm like, thanks, dad. <laughs> once you're up there, the only always, way is always down. like just enjoy the ride, Tess. Always enjoy the journey because once you're up there, <laughs> that's what he always says. <laughs> Tess, it's physics. I know, There's I know. The, the, we live in a universe based 
on oscillating I know. extremes. Yeah. Day, night, hungry, sated, mm. sleep, awake, mm. wet, dry. Mm. We our universe is defined by you know, it's there, it's not there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the world we, that is the physical universe that we inhabit and we're yes. fools to think that it doesn't yeah. permeate every aspect. Yeah, of course. Of, of what sorry, I'm going. On. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> No, it's good. Sorry, I've got two cups of tea. No, no. We're on it. Just firing, man. I'm just firing. Um, so, is there a moment? Yes, you, you're 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 isolating yourself from. There's you know, there's 120 crew standing around. Where they're all union. They're on the clock. You know, we've got a meal break in 12 minutes. I've got to fuck nail this. But see, they kind of protect us actors. We don't know all that shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're kind of like we're like children. We're actually treated like children. Like now that I realize, like we're ushered in, we always have someone with us telling us where to go. We're asked, do you want something to eat kind of thing? Or like, you know, everyone's very nice to us. No one's stress, like stresses out around us because we're very precious and mm. you don't want to upset us kind of thing. I, it, we don't know any of that stuff. Mm. And I mean, the the more savvy you get and more experience you get, then you start getting it. Mm. But on that one, I was like, it was a wonderful experience because it was so professional and like yeah. no one would have been like, oh my God, okay, we're on the clock, like hurry up, hurry, like yeah. perform, perform or anything. It was yeah. just, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like that. But you, so, but you do have this skill though, where you're able to isolate yourself from from all that stuff regardless and then just and do the Well, do everyone, the job. everyone, I, I think just everyone, I don't want to say, everyone's the same, you know, everyone, um, I think it's important not to put, it's very obvious, like obviously putting people higher, but don't put people higher or lower than you. I think especially when you're working in, in, in an environment like this, if I think oh, these people are so experienced, so much more experienced than me and I start getting really um, anxious, I just think that's a recipe for disaster. So, yeah. so it sounds like you've, you've figured out a way to talk yourself out. No, of- I'm just like really full of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that I'm better than everyone. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Too many in my experience, too many Australians are like, oh, no, 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 I'm not good enough for that. No, that's a joke. But, um, but yeah, I think it's just important just to think I got the part, you know, and so I'm just going to do the best I can mm. and not worry about everything else. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. enjoy being a part of, uh, I know you're not in a, in a you know, in the classical orchestra anymore, but mm. in a way, you are playing your part. You're playing the tenor sax or the alto sax of the of the film. Yes. All right, and it's your you know. Let's keep the metaphor going. Uh, you know, you're you're there uh, on the roof of the opera house making beautiful music with Jackie Chan's first violin. Oh my know? god! <laughs> Saxophone and violin don't go too well together. But <laughs> I. But we'll see how that turns out. But, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just playing your part. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you enjoy Absolutely. that? Do you enjoy being a part of the whole team doing something Absolutely, like that? yeah. And it, you really are a part of the team. And that yeah. took me, yeah, like I used to be so focused on, like, just the acting. But, yeah, once you really start kind of working and seeing how hard everyone else works mm. as well, yeah, and everyone from catering to, you know, everything, mm. everyone's working really hard to get this um, to work. So mm. absolutely. Yes. Part of the team. I've had the extraordinary privilege of sitting down and having a chat with Jackie Chan once. Oh yes. Um, and I know what I got out of that. You know, it was like only eight minutes, but I just couldn't believe the radiance that just <laughs> yeah. emanated yeah. from him. I know what, and as far as, you know, the professionalism of the Jackie Chan fight team is beyond I legendary. Know, they're amazing. Beyond legendary. Yeah. Um, what did you learn from that? What did you get out of that? Well, I mean, I trained with his stunt team for, yeah, the four months of the movie. So, I mean, that was just, I, I could never, it, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And um, Jackie was incredible. And, yeah, the whole experience, I mean, I could never have had that training for, you know, getting yeah. paid. To from have, the team that invented I know, it, basically. Absolutely. All that cable stuff, all that business, they, you know, I know. they're the ones that brought they're it to what it is. And they're so, yeah. They're amazing. And because it was my first time training, like, with martial arts, I – obviously I realised I was lucky, but since then, like, you know, now when I'm training um, at, you know, martial arts gyms and all that kind of thing, I'm just like, oh, my God. (laughs) 
Like, there's just no one else like them. Like, they're yeah. amazing. Maybe. Yeah. Do we need something uh, tactile? Maybe. <laughs> What's this? I play with it. Thank you. Look. Ah. Say thank you. No can you say, can you say, hello? Okay, that'll work. <laughs> uh, so, look, having had that experience, having, and, and, you know, the discipline that is, is required yeah. when you're working on something that it, it looks cool because it's dangerous as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is dangerous. Very. Yeah, what they do is very, very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. but it, it looks amazing because yeah. and that's why he is who he is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Surely, you know, now when you, you know, approach different gigs, now, like, for example, when you, you know, out in the Flinders Ranges with Charlie making Wolf Creek. Yeah. Um, you know, surely you approach this gig differently now that you've had those, you know. Well, yeah, you don't realise, like, everyone in Australia, it's very safe here. <laughs> like, all the safety and everything like that. Yeah, but um, how do I, sorry, what do you mean? No, I'm just, like, saying now that you've had the experience of, like, just this, like, kind of, drilling of months and months of months of physical physicality yes. when it comes yes, to of being on camera of course um does it change does it have, does that bleed into what you do you know, like with another production well i think i don't like i'm not i i don't expect lots of um um comforts on set because to be honest the last three jobs i've done have been epically uncomfortable um but yeah i like getting like dirty and rough and that kind of thing for um, film roles and acting. And, uh, yeah, Wolf Creek was, an inc- like, such a good experience. It was so exhausting in such a good way. Um, and, yeah, seeing the Flinders Rangers was beautiful. Have you been? It's an extraordinary part yeah, of Australia. Yeah, like, it's incredible. Yeah. And when we were there, we were all having dinner one night at this pub. We are in this place called Corn. <laughs> and um, there was just this um, table of backpackers that had come that were just doing what, our stories about like I just, don't, I just don't know why german people come after everything that they've heard but they just <laughs> love it it's the weirdest thing like we, we're all like why are you here like because it's, it's why are you doing this it's though? wilderness in a in a essentially it's wilderness but in a first world country i know but we just spent the whole day like being like blown up and someone coming out on fire and like all this awful stuff happening that we were filming mm. and they were all there and it was just we were all just sitting there kind of in silence well, people don't get blown up all the time <laughs> I know, they just get, like, murdered. People don't prey on backpackers all the time. But (laughs) Outback Outback Australia is a pretty odd place. Yeah, it's It's rough. It's an odd place. It's one of the last places in the world you can truly, truly kind of disappear. And And never be found. Like, we drove through Snowtown and, like, it is, it's scary. It's really, really scary. It's grim. It's, Ah, You could disappear. You could really disappear there. That must have Man. been that must have been fun though. Telling it's essentially a, it's a very Australian story. It is, cool. and um, everyone was fantastic. Like the cast were really great. I know it's kind of boring being like, oh, everyone was so nice and great, but it, we, we were really making something that we all believed in. And I know, like, it's a hard one as well because it's a story about people getting killed by a psychopath. <laughs> but I tried to strike. Uh, I tried to find strength in my character and kind of make her a strong woman mm. to feel, yeah. But, yeah, it it was a really, I'm, I'm really lucky that I got that. It's an important role, though, because every time Georgia has a sleepover, mm. we have eight kids here. Eight. And you put on Wolf Greg. <laughs> the girls love horror movies. What? They love horror movies. They love scaring the pants oh. off of themselves. I know. I don't know what it is. I used to as well. I feel like Wolf Creek is so real, though. Like, it's like but, but they should not be allowed to watch because it. Because <laughs> I, I don't know much, but I, I, I know that people want to experience uh, an emotional uh, reaction safely. We're all just sick puppies. We <laughs> want to see people being tortured. Like, I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> I, I, I would put it to you that okay. we're curious about what it might be mm. to what would we do in that situation. And yeah. that's a safe way to access that yeah. um, hypothesis yeah. by watching it. It's like, you know, and I've said this on this show before, it's like, during the Australian Idol auditions, you know, mm. people are having this pretty sometimes humiliating failure. I know. And at home on your couch, you can experience mm. that 
Safely. Safely. Yes, of course. Right. It's the same with people watching Bachelor. They can see people trying to find love, trying Which to fall I in love. love. by the way, it's the so last great. one. Yeah. Oh, wait till you see Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, it's amazing. I loved it. I it's love amazing. Sophie. It's she, I've never met Sophie Monk. Oh, she's lovely. She's, like, amazing. But people want to experience emotional reactions in, mm. in a safe way. Mm. And it might be the way Sophie's telling a boy who's a bit of a knob, you know. She was also really real. She yeah. seems really real, and I think that's, yeah. And while people watching may never have stood up for themselves and said, mm. look, if you're that kind of guy, you can go walking, pal. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when they watch you on the show, they're able to experience what it might feel like. Yeah. And so in the same way, it's like not everyone's going to get chased around by uh, John Jarrett, you know, <laughs> through the tunnels of graffiti or wherever you were. Oh, my God. But, you know, at least we can kind of, yeah. pre- you know, have pretendies. Yeah. And that's the thing as the actor as well, like making it real because sometimes you're like, oh, am I just making this look really melodramatic or like how would I actually be in this situation? But I've never been in that situation. So yeah. what on earth am I doing? Can I even do this? Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully I've heard good things so far. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, no? <laughs> I really struggle watching myself. Why? Why? Because it's awful. Because... Um, I just do. Like, I will watch it, though. I am hearing good things about the show, and um, so I will watch it. I just also haven't really had much time. Well, you've got to. Well, yeah, I just finished a job on Friday, so, yeah, I've actually had not much time. No, that's fine. And I can't put it on with my two-year-old. No, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think Peppa Pig's going to be able to. Yeah, let's watch Mummy (laughs) 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 running for her life. (laughs) Let's watch Mummy. (laughs) Yeah, um, no. (laughs) uh, My stepdaughter is, you know, she's... She asked them the sweetest. She asked the sweetest thing about two years ago. She's like, "What what university course do I have to do to become a Victoria's Secret angel?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> Did you say, "Honey, shut up"? <laughs> no, I said business. Yes, yes, actually, business or law. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're going to go do that, you're going to want to leverage the shit out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And though, yeah, and they're smart women, you know, as well. Who like, you know, like Miranda Kerr, what she's done with her career, like. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Modeling can be amazing, absolutely amazing, if you have that personality and you can really capitalize on everything that yeah. it offers. Yeah, yeah. Would so you... yeah, tell her to be a lawyer, <laughs> <laughs> and then she can audition or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that or, or or business. Yeah, you know, she'd be a great lawyer. You yeah. should see her counter arguments to me. I'm of like, course. I'm like, I'll be upset, and then in the middle of it, I'm like, damn, you're really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're standing up to me. This is really good. Yeah, no, I think absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. very important to just not just yeah, just to do other things yeah. with your life. For, okay, so for folks who are who are listening that have heard this and they're like, that's it, I'm going to do this thing. Yes, do it. <laughs> Just do it. You have nothing to lose. Anyway, what was the question? No, no, that's, yeah. you, that's like, what would you say to them? I really think just do it. You have nothing to lose. Like, life always works out. It's not easy um, to do what you really want to do and people will tell you no a lot, but I think as long as you believe in yourself, that's ultimately all you can do um and it does and can work out and if it doesn't work out at least then when you're 95 or in your case 100 with you (laughs) um at least you tried and you won't have any regrets so that's what i think yeah yeah thanks for bringing junior around thanks that's okay i'm so sorry it's the best Okay, good. good it's good, really, good. it's oh, good. really the best. Yeah. All right, yeah. I'm gonna sh- shoot your photo really quickly. Okay. And then we'll great. get out of here. Okay. All right. Cool. That was Tess Halbrick. You can find her on Instagram at Tess Halbrick. T e double s h a u b r i c h. Ah, thank you so much, Tess. Thank you for forging ahead when the babysitter didn't eventuate. It was just the best to have you and the kid around. I uh, hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Tess as much as I did. A massive thanks this week to my audio producer, Andy Marr, who uh, went above and beyond for me this week. My show producer is Hallie Van Spagna. Couldn't have done this without her. Social media production by Ellie Westaway. And, of course, music by Toe Hider, whom you can find on Twitter, at Toe Hider. Thank you so much for listening. You're ace. Make sure you check in with someone. All right. Talk to you next week. Until then, sleep well. Dream of beautiful things. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.